Uh, the first thing, the very first thing that every newcomer has to do is to adjust its mindset. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Podcast, a show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Kocienka. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Sorin Mihailovici, who is a founder of Scam Detector and co-founder and producer of Travel by Dart TV series. On today's episode, Sorin shared the importance of hard work and patience, the benefits of keeping your end goal in mind, and much more. Please help me in welcoming Sorin Mihailovici. Sorin, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, David. You know, there's something very interesting about you. You're a man that wears many hats. You're an actor, you're an entrepreneur, you're a TV producer, and also a world explorer. Can you take us through your journey? Uh, yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, it would take a long time, but I'm going to be trying to be as uh, short and concise as I could. Maybe use stories so people can relate to them. Um, I used to be a sports reporter back in a day in Romania, in Eastern Europe. Uh, I used to uh, watch championships. I met a lot of uh, people uh, like uh, Evander Holyfield, Muhammad Ali, um, Ron Woods from the Rolling Stones. And then uh, that was in, in Romania back in the late uh, 90s. And what I did, I made the, made the step uh, in moving to Canada in 2001. And in Canada, I uh, uh, just uh, started uh, again uh, working in, uh, in media. Uh, first, I went to university. I graduated from the uh, University of Bramicuen uh, in Alberta, in Edmonton, uh, with, uh, with a spe- specialization in, in uh, television. Uh, they had, um, they had a, uh, a program that, that did that. And uh, after that, I, um, after I graduated, I was hired by Omni Television, which is the multilingual and multicultural TV uh, station. And from there, knowing a lot of people and uh, being in the industry, it was kind of not easy, but I had access to uh, producers and movies, and I was lucky to be invited to be part of a lot of projects uh, in television and I filmed some commercials. I um, acted in a couple of uh, big movies. Um, and uh, then I started my own production company, which um, now was, I said, uh, and you actually read the description, I'm doing a show called Travel by Dart. And in every episode, I throw a dart at the world map and go whatever it lands. And I go to that location, whether it's Somalia, whether it's China, whether it's Argentina, and uh, immerse myself in the culture, um, no matter if it's far difficult or you know expensive to get there, and um, and film. And uh, I, I'm trying basically to live my life with no regrets before it's too late. 
You mentioned that you've traveled, you've been to many countries. Sure, how many sure. countries have you been to and how do you fund your trips? Uh, I've been to, up to date, I've been to 62 countries. And um, how do I fund my trips? Initially, uh, it was, I was relying on, on people and, and partnerships and sponsorships uh, for, for the show, for Travel by Dart. But, but then uh, I realized that it's it's hard to rely on on people all the time and, and on sponsors and uh, I created a business that you also uh, read about scam detector it is an online business that uh, it is a website that exposes the world's most notorious scams in all industries it educates the consumers about uh, how these scams work and educates them on on how to avoid them and I started this website back in 2010 um, as a simple hobby. Uh, one of my best friends got victimized. He lost about $30,000 to um, a very complicated scam. And uh, he, when he told me what happened, I, I, I decided um, to make a movie back then. I did a short uh, docudrama about how that particular scam worked and it kind of went viral on the internet and um, and people were asking me hey you know maybe you should create an app or a platform that exposes all the scams in the world and basically teaches people how to prevent financial fraud so that's what I did I I, I had this I bought the domain scam-detector.com and um, uh, I gathered all the scams I could find online and, and where people report scams on forums, police reports. I've been reading a lot of articles about scams. And that was 10 years ago. But in time, you know, with, um, uh, with technology advancement, now there is a lot of more, like more and more, scam, more, and more scams. And the website, uh, scam-detector.com, also took off. And it brings me, in a way, a nice um, income that I could fund my trips and basically take care of my, my hobby and my uh, production company as well, uh, to, uh, which make, makes me able to travel to all these countries and film and document all these um, adventures that I'm doing. As I was saying earlier, I really don't have regrets when, when I'll be older. And... Um, and I was lucky enough that I create uh, myself a business that uh, helps me fund not just my job, but my dreams as well. Right. So let's go back to the beginning of your journey to Canada. Mm -hmm. You came to Canada as a refugee in 2001. Yes. Can you tell us how, what's led you to come into Canada as a refugee? And also some of the challenges you faced when you came to Canada and how you were able to overcome those challenges. Sure, absolutely. Very good question. Thanks for, for bringing that up. I'll never forget where, where I left from. Um, yeah, but 19 years ago when I, when I made my move, Romania, my native country, was still in a bad situation. 
And I think I'm probably the last refugee from Europe that could ever <laughs> uh, get the refugee status because uh, 28 or 30 days after I came, the September 11, 2001 happened, the, the attack of the uh, towers in New York. And that completely changed the, the laws, the constitution of you know, North America and um, made harder for every, every immigrant to get refugee status. And, uh, and uh, I, as soon as I got there, I, I, I applied for refugee status. Uh, it took me about three years as, um, as a um, refugee to get my status accepted. And uh, there is a lot of challenges um, answering your question. As a, as, a, as a refugee, as a newcomer, it is extremely hard to, to um, you know, get through from the beginning. Uh, a lot of people come with a lot of dreams. A lot of people come <laughs> and I probably, I hope people relate here uh, because, you know, you do, you do you have a particular job in our country and you're confident and you're, you are, you're ready to move and uh, you think you can do the same thing in, in, in Canada, but then a bunch of problems hit you. You know, you, you don't speak the language properly. You have an accent. Uh, you know, it's harder to get um, access to a lot of things that for other people it's easier. And one of my main challenges was, um, the fact that I, I, I couldn't find a, a job in my field and um, my field being television and media, that's a bit complicated because obviously uh, I was speaking English, but you know, for working in media in Canada, you have to have a perfect English and my English was not nearly close to being perfect. And I was, I was mad. I was sad. I said, wow, I thought that it's going to be easy because I, I'm a journalist and I, um, you know, in my head also, I, I was one of the challenges. <laughs> I, I was myself a challenge to me because I was hoping, and I'm seeing this now in, in every newcomer. Uh, I, I was wrongly thinking that, you know, I, I deserve everything uh, without, you know, start to, to, to go to work and, and work hard and basically get, uh, get to know the society a little better. I see a lot of uh, newcomers uh, hoping for too much uh, too early. And I did the same mistake. And in, at that time, I thought uh, this is wrong. I thought um, something is against me because, uh, you know, things didn't come my way. And uh, I, I'm seeing this in many immigrants, uh, thinking that the society has something against them, that that uh, the Canadian uh, Canadian society does, doesn't help them enough. Uh, the first thing, the very first thing that every newcomer has to do is to adjust its mindset. Uh, you're in a new society. You just start from not from zero, but you don't start what you left in your country. And that's it. I mean, I, I wrongly thought I, I deserve much more at, at the time, and maybe I did, but I wasn't willing to actually uh, gather the Canadian experience that I needed to, to advance. And uh, 
it took me about five or six years until people that I blamed in the first few months for not helping me, I, I realized after six years, seven years that they were not against me. They, they were not in a position to help me because I did not have the proper qualifications to, to move forward. And again, and with this, I'm going to close the answer to your question is that people need to realize that when you change your society, you have to set your mindset to start to, to be humble and not expect all the things to, to, to come your way easily. You mentioned something very interesting. You said um, you were angry at people that you thought were supposed to help you, but they didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of a time you expected that somebody was supposed to help you and they didn't, and your own wrong perception of that situation and the lesson you've learned from that? Yeah, absolutely, I can. Um, so one of the the... the best examples would be because I used to be a reporter and, you know, having in my head that, Hey, you know what? I've, I've went to the Olympics. I've met Muhammad Ali. I've, you know, I, I've, I've done some, some great interviews in my life and I thought it's going to be easy. And I, I went to uh, a few newspapers in, in Alberta. I contacted a couple of TV stations and I wanted to get a job in that field, in, in television and in media. And um, I went to, I, I went myself with my with my resume into all, all these um, all these uh, TV stations. And I met some people, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm a sports reporter, and I I can do this. I'm, I can do this. I'm highly qualified." Um, and I, I met with those people and those people were at, at that time, they seemed to me that they were very, not arrogant, but, you know, they were very um, concise and very, very quick to respond saying that, Soren, this is great, but uh, you don't have the Canadian experience. And in my head was like, Canadian experience, like I, I've been doing reporting for, for, for years and I, I'm a good reporter. I, I know these things and like what kind of a Canadian experience I, I, I need. And I was looking at those people, they were, and I thought they're trying to kick me out of the office because, you know, just a bunch of people like me coming and asking for jobs. And then six months late, six years later, it turned out after I graduated from the university, I turned out to be hired at, at uh, one of those TV stations and I became one of those people bosses. Uh, it just happened to be. And uh, I was then the person that newcomers would come to me and say, hey, hire me, hire me, hire me, because I did this, I did this, I did this. So I was the person that I hated six years before that and not that I hated because he was an asshole, <laughs> excuse me, but because I saw how a lot of people come you know, speaking English broken and like, like me, not perfect, I mean, and uh, asking for a job while, you know, a hundred other students in like TV students in my case would come out of the university uh, benches and they were much more qualified to get those jobs 
uh, and me, uh, you know, trying to come in like a star and ask for a job and being rejected and getting mad because that person rejected me. While in reality, there's so hundreds of students graduating in Canada for that particular position and they would not get the job either. And I realized back then that, you know, as an immigrant, sure, it's good to come and, and, and be confident and know what you're doing, but it's totally wrong to, to judge a situation when, when you do not have any idea how the things works in the new society. And that's, what, that's why I was saying earlier that when you come into a new society, first learn how it works, be humble, learn the ropes, and then just go because the system is, is great. Uh, and to me, it was more than, than rewarding. I, you know, I had to follow the steps. I had to go back to school. I had to get the Canadian experience as uh, three years of university for the things I wanted to do. And I did it. And I went back and I got hired to the exact uh, TV station that I wanted to six years later, but without, uh, without the Canadian experience. Plus, I was speaking much better English than, than the first time. So that is one example what I, what I thought I, I was mad at some people that were against me, while in reality, they were not against me. They were just, they, were, they just had to hire people who deserve to be hired at that time. That's, that was a very beautiful story. And thank you so much for sharing that. I picked some things from what you said. And if you don't mind, can you tell us the steps you took to eventually land your dream job? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, what, I, what I did first after, after realizing that I'm in a complete, in a complete new world, uh, what, I, what I did first was to try to adjust to my new environment. And when I say new environment, I'm not talking about the neighbor. I'm not talking about the neighborhood. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my new world, which was the Canadian society. So what I did for, for two, three, four years, I met a lot of immigrant people that were successful and uh, kind of became my mentors. And I looked and I took a piece of paper and a pen and I, I wrote down everything they had in common what and i asked them what made them successful what was their challenges and i learned from uh, everyone a little bit and uh, the first thing i i need to understand is to it was to get the society's experience meaning to become one of them 100 percent and uh, i went back to school as i was saying earlier i uh, graduated from university uh, in motion with the major in motion image, uh, as I was saying in the beginning. And um, then I went back to, uh, to all the TV stations. And in, in those times when I worked for, uh, I worked for Omni Television, I've, again, I've learned, I've learned a lot about Canada, a lot about society. And uh, I, I kind of chiseled my, my, my dream job and what I wanted to do uh, while I was working there, because I, I knew eventually to to have a, a dream job, you need to be free somehow. And to to me, freedom is doing doing what what I love. And I I really loved working for 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 a TV station, but I still felt I I need some more freedom. 
And uh, in 2016, I, I decided to, uh, to create my own production company. I saw the trend of the actual traditional TV stations kind of going down and not being what TV used to be before and uh, noticing the new trend of everything being online. So for about four years, everything I did was with the mentality that everything will be online soon. And uh, I said, if I, if I want to be free and I find, if I want to have a dream job, which is my hobby, basically a, a dream job, because what you, what you do, you have to love, um, I created that platform that I was telling you, uh, scam, uh, scam-detector.com, uh, that's something that would bring me income online rather than going to one place every day. So what steps did I take to do that? First, learn the, the um, commonalities between a s- successful entrepreneurs. Two, noticing the trends that, that were happening, uh, meaning that traditional television is not what it used to be and everything will be online. Three, still be humble, learn, uh, don't go overboard with, with, with be, be respectful. I, I see a lot of people just going high and you know, the higher you fly, the, the longer the fall. And uh, there is basically a list of like 10 things that, that I had to, to kind of follow. And uh, in the end, when I decided to leave uh, my job in television and to do my own TV show, uh, then I realized that basically I'm free. I'm not retired by any chance. Uh, I'm still working for my money hard, uh, but uh, I love it. And you know what? I wouldn't change it. Okay, great. Um, you said that you spoke to some people in the industry who eventually became your mentors and you saw some commonalities in them. Can you share with us how you found those people, the steps you took to eventually get them to have a conversation with you and the commonalities that you see in those successful immigrants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I what I uh, started to do was to attend a lot of events. I was looking online to find events in town. Uh, I joined uh, I joined a few organizations uh, in Edmonton that were related to my industry, like Fava, Film and Video Art Society, um, and I would attend attend an event a day if I could. And it was like fishing. You go one day to an event, you don't meet anyone interesting, but then you go the next day and you still don't meet anyone. But then the third day you might meet someone. And the more people you meet, the, the more you grow your network. And it may not seem like much, but if you start growing a, a, a network, it's going to take you a while, not, not tomorrow, not next year, but it, it takes you a while to create a web of, of people that eventually will, will help you, not necessarily with, with buying things from you or, or uh, you know, helping you or putting a word for you, but just with knowledge. And, you know, sometimes you, you, you spend a lot of time investing in yourself and you may read hundreds of books, but if one book tells you one thing, one little thing that changes your life, then it's worth it. It's worth all the money that you paid for that book. And 
that's what I try to do uh, with the people. So I know that in every people there is there is something that they can share that will be helpful to me. So I went to all these successful immigrants, successful entrepreneurs, and I spent a lot of time with them. Sometimes they didn't even want to meet me, but I was asking, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I'll, I'll buy you a coffee. Just because I, I wanted to see the mindset. I wanted to see what they have to share. And, you know, you spend three hours with someone, I guarantee you that you would leave that meeting with two, three golden nuggets that eventually it will change your, your, your life and multiply that by a hundred people. And you'll see that in a couple of years, you're a completely changed person, you know, towards good. And that's how I, that's how I learned a lot of, uh, tricks, insights, wisdom, and, um, and basically that's how I, I grew myself as a new Canadian. But what were some of those tricks or what are some of those tricks, tips and insights that you gained from them that has helped you greatly? Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, well, some things were, were to exactly what I just said to, to, to meet a lot of people. I learned this, this from someone. Hey, try to, to meet and chat with someone because there is, there is a golden nugget in everyone. So that was one of the the first things that that opened my eyes. I'm like, why would I spend two hours with someone that is not really interesting? But, you know, the, maybe you, you may not have a winner, but you will have a few things that you'll, you'll use in the future. Because if you're home, sure, you can read, you can educate yourself in other ways. But, you know, the the, the people that you want to become eventually, like, they, you have to talk to them. And that was my first my first tip that I got. The second tip was to, uh, uh, you know, to not to be as, <laughs> uh, not to waste time. Um, meaning don't wake up at 10, 11, wake up early. Um, you have two extra hours and sleep less, but work smarter. Um, and then eventually I started to wake up a little earlier and that added a couple of extra hours of, of work and learn uh, or, or classes or wisdom in, in my, uh, in my, under my belt, so to speak. Uh, what else? Um, try to be, uh, uh, try to always be fair and uh, honest. Uh, that, that was also a big thing I've, I've witnessed in my life a, a, a few major um, failures that uh, that opened my eyes to to be always honest and uh, and believe in in what you want to build, uh, fair and and honest. And uh, uh, that would be the three things that I could share with you that basically changed my life. Plus. Always try to to read the the newest trends and and try, try uh, sorry uh, try to stay on top of of the newest things. Not necessarily technology, but see learn how to read where things are going. And it, this may sound a bit too complex or uh, too vague, but uh, whoever wants to understand, um, they will understand. Um, read a lot, uh, read the newest 
best sellers uh, when it comes to self-improvement go to a library um, and buy and buy uh, you know books like four hour work week or you know that's an old book but that all that book also changed my life too right fantastic our mission here at the first start hub is to empower newcomers and immigrants to succeed in their dream careers and ambitions and we do that by exploring the success stories, experiences, and journey of people like you. There is the good, there is the bad, there is the ups, there is the downs. I want to get your perspective on this. Is relocating to Canada everything that you thought it would be when you first arrived? Talk about some of the best and some of the worst part of being an immigrant for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some of the best things uh, <laughs> that happened to me when I when I first came was that my my community, my Romanian community in Canada, was extremely helpful, and I'm I'm thankful, and I will always love my my people because everyone was extremely helpful. Everyone was inviting me to their house. Everybody was trying to give me. Uh, things to help me, including whatever couches, TVs, and and uh, it was a different kind of of hospitality that I've I've never seen before because these were my people that were living in in a country that I'm a, that I was about to 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 stay in, and I was very surprised uh, because I've I've seen six I've seen a bunch of countries before moving to Canada, but but I'd never witnessed such a hospitality from my own people. And I've realized that most of the communities, not just the Romanian communities, most of the ethnic communities do that. And uh, the other question, what was the worst? Well, the worst, I think, is part of the answer that I, I gave you earlier, where, where I came thinking that something is going to happen. Uh, and, you know, eventually it happened, but it... I thought it's going to happen much faster, and uh, some of the things that happened to me were not really that that bad. I was just working in in like liquor stores and being a, somebody that would carry and paint and do construction just so I make a few bucks. And I I thought I'm like I didn't come to Canada to to you know do renovations. I didn't come to work in a liquor store. At the time, it was something that I really hated. I was working Saturday nights, and uh, then I realized, hey, it, it was my decision to come. You play with the cards that you have, not with the cards that you don't have. So, so now that I look back, 19 years later, I'm like, yeah, I actually I like now that that happened to me because I had to be humble. I had to see how other people. Uh, live how other people make their money and they still do and you know it, if you keep your focus and really read but really want to do something you just have to keep focus and and eventually it will happen it's it's inevitable all right you said something very interesting you said you took you were working at the liquor store you were working over the weekend um can mm -hmm. you tell us about that experience and how you were able to combine working, going to school and eventually getting your dream job. 
So what I did uh, for three, four years until I started going to university was to, to work a lot of hours, try to put some money aside so that when I start university, I knew that my time is going to be limited, not just the school, but, you know, after school, you have to, you have to do your homework and all that stuff. And uh, with the money that I worked for for three years, I, I kind of supported myself throughout the university, but I was lucky enough, or maybe not lucky, but I, I applied for a lot of scholarships uh, to university. And the, the educational system in Canada, some people may, may call it not to be that good, but it was great to me. Uh, there was tons of scholarships that I applied for. And every of my three years in university, I've got scholarships that covered about 70, 70% of my tuition. But answering your question, it was extremely hard to balance my personal life uh, work because I still had to work uh, evenings after school, after doing my homework. Um, and it was tough. Three years, I really, really I went through some, some uh, hard times. Uh, I was uh, a bit hurt, um, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. But it, it was like the army, if you will. It, it made me stronger. And uh, at the end of it, I saw the light. I got hired at the place where I was dreaming to be hired at. I kept my focus. And uh, the bottom line is, no matter what you do uh, on your journey to something great, you have to go through, through, through some hardships. Otherwise, it's not worth it. I, I wouldn't probably enjoy it if everything was just, it just you know, a bed of roses. You've acted in movies and commercials. How did you land those opportunities? Yeah, uh, so the movies, all the movies I acted on <laughs> were, uh, they were looking, the producers were looking for a role that had an accent. Uh, so all my roles were basically <laughs> Russian guys or were some uh, badass European. Um, all the characters I, I played were were someone who uh, who has a you know like a heavy Slavic accent, and that's how I got the role in um, in Blackstone, for example. Um, uh, that's how I got the role in uh, Fubar. And uh, I, as I said, I was lucky to, to get those jobs. I had an agent that was looking for, for roles for me. Uh, Daryl Mork is probably the, 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 best, the most famous uh, agent, um, actor agent in Western Canada. And uh, he would send me to all these uh, auditions. Uh, I mean, don't, don't think I just got him on spot. I had to go uh, through, through auditions and did the role. Um, I did some commercials for um, Canada Lottery, um, for uh, Yellowhead Casino, and all all these were done through through my agent, which is a pretty you know common way of getting roles. Uh, some people think that hey, why don't they pick me? First of all, you have to to have an agent to to get the role in every movie series or um, or commercials. These big productions, they don't hire people on, like, off the street. This is the end of part one. 
We've actually got a lot more coming in part two. I love the fact that Sorin was very authentic and as you can tell, it was a great conversation with Sorin. And I'm excited for part two where Sorin discussed extensively about how he became an entrepreneur and much more. So stay tuned for part two coming in the next episode of the Fresh Start podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartUp. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.